Buddy, I think we need to start this episode by saying our farewells to uh, good old Billy. Uh, who's Billy? Billy, you know Billy. Billy? Yeah, from the from the uh, video effects department. In what? Billy, he's the guy who was tasked with adding the blood visual effects to Morbius. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he was he had one job, which was basically when Morbius slashes someone's throat, you got to add the the blood, you know, squirting out. Yeah. Like Matt over at the sound department, he did his job. He actually added the sound effects mm-hmm. so that you could clearly see when he slashes the guy's uh, throat in the ship. You could clearly hear the blood, but you can't see it. And that, that's because of Billy. Matt did his job. Billy did not. What happened to Billy? He got fired. And I'm not going to miss him because we got the bloodiest sounding scene in cinema. Thanks to Billy. Goodbye, Billy. Wow. Goodbye. Farewell. Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Diego. And my name is Joshua. You are now tuned in to Geeky Conversations Between a Father and Son. Where we break down geekdom to a science. Yes, we do. And today we are talking about a scientist. A scientist who underwent a crazy transformation into a living vampire. Well, no, I think he actually transformed into a um into the time control agency uh, agent, what? Mobius. Listen, man. From Loki. Listen, I'm, pr- man. I'm pretty sure. Are mean, you serious? Get it? R, because you're missing an R to turn Mobius into Morbius. Okay. Well, Can we just get into yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Morbius. Wow. What a controversial movie as far as like ratings. It has like a negative 25 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, been hated on. Been hated on much. Even before it came out. Even before the critics yeah. saw it. For real, yeah. Before anybody had a, had a chance to even see this movie, they've been hating on it. And look, it's it's not a perfect movie, and we're going to get into all that stuff. Uh, but um, well, we won't be able to do that until we uh, go and catch this movie. Therefore, it is time to jump in the Geekmobile. Yes, sir. And let's go to the movie theater. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a Morbius ride-along. And we are in the vehicle. Yes, we are. And we're on our way to watch Morbius. Um, this is a movie that, before it even came out, was already being hated on. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. By who? Uh, by by critics and oh, well, by people who just are, are looking for any well, freaking opportunity to hate. Well, on critics are people who have seen movies. the movie, so I guess. No, no, no. Even before the movie was was shown to in pre screenings to, to critics. Oh, really? Yeah, it was even before then. People were already hating on it. They were hating on it. Uh, oh God, I don't know, man. It was. It's been a lot of a lot of delays for this movie. The pandemic kept on delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. Um, there's been a lot of uh, there's been some reshoots and there's been controversy over like, you know, what world, what universe this thing exists on, mm-hmm. like all this um, back and forth that is really more about people being like extremely focused on the multiverse 
extremely focused on No Way Home and how yeah. everything is going to connect and spawn from No Way Home. Um, interested in like getting answers to like, does this connect to Venom? Does this connect to, you know, Tom Holland's uh, universe? Is this going to be uh, set in a different universe altogether? Like all these, all these points, man, that to me just take away the focus of just appreciating the movie for the movie's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now I haven't seen this movie yet. Mm-hmm. Although you have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, I've seen it. This is second time watching it. Right. So I don't know what to expect. Yeah, so we're, so we're just going to talk, um, you know, I'll limit myself in anything that I say, we're just going to kind of give our thoughts walking into the movie, and I'll think back to when, you know, I hadn't seen it yet, uh, what are, what do we expect uh, about the story itself, you know, and about this character? I think mm-hmm. that Morbius is going to try to, is going to try to, like, kind of find is it's gonna kind of be maybe conflicted about like is he a hero or a villain Mm -hmm. like what what is he and then maybe and then maybe like a subplot is like how he needs to drink human blood Mm -hmm. um who do you think based on trailers and stuff who do you think is the villain of this thing No, <laughs> <laughs> the government. Yeah, I mean, like Uncle Sam. <laughs> we saw in the trailer those mercenary government people on the boat. So, like, maybe the government, because it says in the trailer, like everybody wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. That one guy. So I, 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 I'm not sure. I do realize, like, going into it just just basing it off of the trailers, I do realize that like the, the, the that isn't really painted. Like, who is the antagonist in the movie? And- there is a villain in the movie, right? There is, yeah. But they, and, and they I f- don't really show him in the trailers? Mm, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. But, like, my thought, my thinking was, going into the movie the very first time, that um, there had to be... That the, the antagonist was kind of going to be Michael Morbius himself. Really? Yeah, because like there's that whole thing of okay, you're discovering that now you have like this inner inner monster that can take over. Um, like, how do you control that? It's kind of like the Hulk, mm-hmm. you know, like in the Hulk, uh, not in the Incredible Hulk, because that one did have um, Abomination as as an antagonist ultimately. Yeah. But like when you look at um, the older Hulk movie, for example, mm-hmm. or really like in most Hulk stories. Uh, that I've been told there, there's this element of Hulk being both the protagonist and the antagonist. Yeah. Just because there's that two sides of of him as a character. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a there that was kind of where my thinking was going that that it was a story really about him learning how to be able to contain and control this uh, transformation. I I also I thought a lot about because I remember when Morbius was introduced in the '90s Spider-Man cartoon series. Yeah. And, oh, really? He was in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was really interesting, man. Like, he, you know, he's the scientist guy in, in, in those cartoons. Because I've never read a single Morbius comic, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the cartoons, I remember very clearly his story. And, like, he had, he didn't consume blood. He consumed plasma. That's, the, the, that's what he that's needed to survive. 
Yeah, right. But but he wasn't really after the blood itself. It like was he, just the plasma. Right. It wasn't like a vampire that has a thirst for blood. No, for him, he needed to consume the plasma. He also didn't consume the the plasma or the blood in a regular way that the, that a vampire does, biting the neck and all oh, that. Oh, God, what did he do? He had these, like, five holes on his hand. What the frick? <laughs> these, like, sucker-type holes. Oh. And he used to put that on the on the people, and that's how he oh. would suck out the blood. Oh. It was it was really disturbing, oh. and especially because like I'd never seen something like that, you know, oh. in vampires. And I had seen a lot of vampire stuff by that point, so that 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 seemed very weird and odd and disturbing. But at the same time, it was so different, you know, like such a different way of presenting a vampire. Mm-hmm. And then there was that whole aspect of him not being fully a vampire. But yeah. being, he kept on, he was always called Morbius the living vampire. Yeah. Because he didn't technically die and then come back as a vampire like mm-hmm. normal, normal vampires do. I just realized, you know Mobius from Loki? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Just add an R to his name and he's Morbius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, going into it the very first time, that's a lot of what I was thinking, like, are they going to do that? Is that how it's going to be interpreted? Um, I also thought about like, you know, what, what other characters are going to be interesting in this thing aside from Morbius? Mm -hmm. Because, um, who do, who do, who do the trailers show? They show, um, the, the female doctor that he works with. They do? Yeah. They show, uh, I forget this actor's name, but the guy was like the older guy, the older gentleman who was like talking about Morbius, like Michael, you know, you're brilliant, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah, they showed him. So I was wondering, like, is he going to play kind of like a mentor role or something like that? Um, they show the, uh, Tyrese as the detective guy. Oh, yeah. They showed him. And he's the one that tells him, like, you know, you, you, you took a vow or whatever to save lives, not take them, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought about, like, who was going to rise up, you know, in, within that crowd um, to, to be, like, an important character in the story. Because we know that Jared Leto has a lot of charisma. He's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. That dude can carry a movie, but it's nice when there's, like, really balanced out, you know, supporting characters. What are you hoping for? I'm hoping that the villain mm-hmm. of this movie has, like, a good reason to be a villain. Right. Um, I'm hoping that Morbius, like, the, the character, mm-hmm. or, like, the vampire side, I want it to be, like, actually, like, vampire-ish, because from what I've seen from the, the trailers... Yeah. It looks more like monstrous. Mm-hmm. That's not really how I would expect a vampire. I feel like a vampire is like more like th- this. This seems weird saying it, but like cleanly and like mannerly. Yeah, right. Like going off of like that whole um, Dracula proto- mm-hmm. uh, um, archetype, right? Yeah, like the sophisticated vampire mm-hmm, like the smart handsome like right yeah well you know he's smart and handsome because it's Jared Leto <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Marvel movie so you got to have at least one shirtless scene yeah um uh, hold on there was something else oh yeah another thing that I was thinking a lot about was like 
I did think about, obviously, because, you know, the multiverse is up in the air right now. Mm -hmm. But I I did think about, like, is this going to connect? Is this going to be within the MCU's main main reality so that this guy eventually crosses path with with Blade? Oh, oh. Because that also happened in the Spider-Man cartoon. Midnight Suns? Right, right. I, well, I don't know if Morbius was in Midnight Suns. Honestly, I've never read Midnight Suns either. He should, he should, I think he would be dope in Midnight Suns. He would be, actually, Honestly, yeah. like, Blade, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. like, Morbius, that would be a dope team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, uh, in, in the Spider-Man cartoon, I remember that when he, when Morbius shows up right after him, Blade shows up cause Blade is hunting vampires. Oh yeah. And so he, this guy is like, Morbius became this new breed of vampire that Blade hadn't confronted before. And so he shows up and he tries to like kill him at first. And I think they end up teaming up though. Cause, um, they find that, you know, he realizes that Morbius isn't really like, mm-hmm. he's not trying to be a villain. Morbius you know? is honestly kind of like... Blade, half a little vampire, bit. half human, yeah. kind of. In a way, yeah, I think they have, they have some stuff in common. I would love to see um, those two cross paths, but I'm not exactly sure. And we'll talk more about that when once you've seen it. Uh, but yeah, anything else as far as expectations? Anything else as far as... Um, oh, the CGI, I was really hoping that the CGI was good in this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like... <laughs> You're you're talking about vampires, and we haven't, aside from the Blade movies, we haven't really seen that in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. even in the Sony Extended Universe. So, yeah, I was curious to see, like, what kind of visuals, because every movie kind of has its own visual language, right? Yeah. Um, when you really think about it. So I was so, curious to see what kind of visuals they gave it. And they definitely I, gave it very kind of, like, unique visuals. I feel like this movie's visual style uh-huh. will be kind of, like... Swooshing. Well, kind of. Yeah. Like, I feel like like very like. Zoom. There's a lot of zoom. There's a lot of zoom. I feel like like okay. a lot of zoom. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see. From, from and the crazy. trailers, it kind of looks like Morbius can like turn into like smoke. Yeah. And like go around like that. So like that. It does seem like that. So like that's what I'm that, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Like kind of like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's see. There there's definitely going to be a couple of points for us to chat about when it comes to that specifically mm-hmm. uh after you've seen it. So, uh you ready to go get some uh, some snacks and walk into the theater? Yes, I am. We will talk to you guys after the movie. Goodbye. Peace. Man, buddy. What? Aren't you completely tired of audiobooks? Absolutely not. Really? No, no way. But you've you've heard like, I don't know, what, like the like 20 audiobooks or something at this point? Here's the thing though, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If an audiobook is good to me, then I will keep on re-listening to it. Uh, you're trying to tell me that uh your audiobook collection is probably gonna end up being like 200 deep like me yeah well i'm not tired of it either because audiobooks are incredible and they keep me company and they teach me and they entertain me and they make me laugh and a whole bunch of other stuff what are you listening to recently i am listening to a book called hello neighbor puzzle master by carly ann west 
Man, you just keep on getting into the Hello Neighbor world, huh? <laughs> yeah. What are you listening to? Well, right now I'm listening to this book by Alan Watts. I love Alan Watts and I love listening to his audiobooks. It's called Just So. Uh, but I've got a couple of other books lined up that I'm really, really looking forward to. There's this book by Neil Gaiman, who is a pretty famous comic book writer called Norse Mythology. And it's where he's taking like all the characters and the lore of Norse mythology and like giving it a new spin somehow. I'm going to get into that soon. And then uh, most excited about Alien 3, a book that is based on the original script of the Alien 3 movie that never actually got fully made. Mm-hmm. And so really looking forward to that. You too could enjoy your very first Audible book for free. You can do so by going over to audibletrial.com slash G101. That's audibletrial.com slash G101. Your first audiobook will be on us. You'll be supporting the show, and we will love you forever. You're supposed to say 3,000. And we will love you 3,000 times forever. What a fake fan. Okay. Let's just move on. So, uh... Yeah, we're, uh, we're out. We're yes, out of the movie. Yes, we are. Now Joshua has seen the thing. I have seen the thing. And, um... I'm questioning if, like, right now I'm questioning mm-hmm. if I watched the wrong movie when I, when I walked into No Way Home. Wait, why? Because, like... Wait, let's talk for a spoiler yeah, free. Yeah, spoiler yeah. Free. That's all I was about to say. A spoiler free. Like, first. why'd you ask me why if we're going to do spoiler free first? Well, why'd you bring it up if you were, you know, knowing that I was going to say I was going to be. Anyway. Um, all right, so spoiler free, spoiler free, spoiler free, spoiler free. What What did you, what were your overall thoughts on the movie? Tell me. Um, it was pretty good. Um, the, like, the movie itself, not the trailers or the after credit scenes. Mm hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Definitely some questionable scenes. But I think it's an okay movie. Like, there's nothing extraordinary about it. I, but there's nothing, like, really bad about it either. Not, not, like, nothing glaringly bad, no. I don't think there's anything, like, that's hard to understand about it. But at the same time... Uh, there are a few loose ends, and there are a few things that, to me, are, are kind of plot holes. Mm-hmm. Or that point to maybe that this movie was messed around with too much during the editing. Um, and I mean, like, you know, while they were trying to figure out what scenes to keep in the movie and what to leave out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, like, it's not... It doesn't rank anywhere on top of, like, you know, my superhero listings. Yeah. As far as movies go, I, you know, doesn't make my top 10, probably not my top 20, probably not even my top 30. Like, it's just not remarkable. Name one movie that you think would be behind it in the list. <clears throat> one movie that I think would be behind it. Um, Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of movies that, that, that I would put underneath this, you know? Especially if you're counting, like, all superhero movies, there's plenty. Yeah, um, it's like, it's, it's like, not the greatest, definitely not the greatest thing ever. No. But, like, it's no not close. that bad. Right. What was your favorite part of the movie? The, Spoiler free. Um, favorite part? The part that has a prison in it. Okay. Uh, 
I don't. I don't know. Why don't we? Let's just talk spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. So this is your warning. Um, spoiler alert for Morbius. All right. So what was your favorite part? Now we're talking My spoilers. Favorite part of the movie was the part where Michael busts out of the jail. And then, um, and then, like, he gets into, like, a little fight with Milo. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's basically it. That's it? That's for... No, no, no. And, about this and, um... No, oh, no, the part where Michael finds out that Milo took the serum. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, that part. So, my favorite thing about this movie... And that I think they they really should have put more emphasis on was the whole brotherhood between Morbius, between Michael, and between Milo. You know, I think that um, there was that th- that was the heart of the movie right there, right? Like these two kids have in common that they have the same disease, rare DNA blood disease that is slowly killing them and they have to have dialysis, meaning they have to have like their blood cleaned out three times in a day. They share this misery, right? And they meet each other and he gives them a different name because he's already seen so many uh, kids die before him that he just stopped trying to remember each of their names and call them all Milo. Yeah. Um, and from the very beginning, like he saves his life and, and the whole flashback to when they're in that um, special, you know, children's hospital thing. Yeah. That sets a lot of things up really well. Like, it sets Michael's intelligence very well. You know, he was able to repair that machine, you know, with, like, using a, a spring from a from a pen. Um, it sets up that he cares about human life, you know, because, yeah, he was being, like, all sarcastic and dry and stuff. But then when the machine, the dialysis machine started failing for Milo, he immediately went to save his life. It establishes that people recognize that he's very, very intelligent, that there's something special about him, right? When the doctor guy, um, he ends up... Uh, telling him, hey, you put a seatbelt on, man. Yeah. What if we crash? You're going to go off flying and you're not Morbius, bro. Okay. Jesus. Um, and it, uh, it establishes that there's a kinship there. That note, the letter that he, that Michael sends more, uh, Milo. Yeah. Telling him, like, hey, this isn't hello, this isn't goodbye. I'm, I swear to you, I promise you, I'm going to find a cure to our disease so we can grow old and be like old men together. Yeah. So, like, there's a, there's the promise of, of this character, like the promise of this movie, you know? And there was a kinship and a brotherhood that was formed between these guys, and clearly they maintained it throughout the movie. And so Milo, who we saw getting out of that fancy car when, when he was in the when he was a kid, mm-hmm. when they were dropping him off at the hospital, he had money. His parents had money. Yeah. So he clearly inherited all that wealth and he ended up being the major funder for Michael Morbius's research. Mm-hmm. And they stayed close, you know? Always with this promise, I'm going to find a cure for us, right? Yeah. And then Michael is trying to find the cure. In the process of trying to find the cure, he ends up accidentally creating that, that blood, that mm-hmm. fake blood. Not fake blood, but artificial blood. Um, and they want to give him a, a Nobel Prize, and he turns it down. Well, I still don't get, like, why. Why he turned it down? Yeah. Um, he said it in the dialogue. He was like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to accept a prize for the the byproduct of a failed experiment. Mm. So he was doing an experiment where he was trying to find a cure for his disease and, and accidentally, yeah, I don't know how that works out, 
<laughs> but whatever. Yeah, he accidentally created artificial blood, so he didn't feel like he he uh, he wasn't he wasn't setting out to create artificial blood. He didn't feel like he deserved to get an award for a Nobel Prize for it. For a mistake. Yeah, but but those little things like establish his character, right? Like he's a guy who's not out for recognition and flashiness and all that. Like he's a guy who's legitimately all about finding the cure to this, you know, life wrecking disease. Yeah. And then you see that he comes across this thing, and of course, like Milo sees him um, standing up on his own two feet without the use of canes. Yeah. He sees him strong, vitalized. He sees him with abs. Many abs. Like a lot of abs. Okay, we get it. Okay. And he sees him healthy. So, of course, Milo's like, dude, give me whatever you, you, you came across. Like, whatever you figured out. I need that stuff in me because I want to be how I'm seeing you be. And, like, for him, for Milo, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter at all. That he's going to have to kill or that he's going to have to consume human blood just to be able to feel alive. Yeah. Which notice like the, sorry, I'll, I'll let you talk in a sec. Notice like the poetic irony of that, mm-hmm. that, that, that these guys have wanted nothing but to be alive and to feel alive. They feel pain every single day of their lives for their whole lives. And then finally, there's something that can like make them feel alive. And it's a thing that's like kind of killing them because it's turning them into vampires. Mm-hmm. So there's like this journey that these two characters went on. And I think that if more attention would have been placed on that, because like trying to weave in Dr. Bancroft and like whatever quasi romantic thing she had going on with Michael Morbius, um, that got kind of distracting the detectives. I feel like if you're going to make this thing about Michael Morbius and his dual identities and the detectives that are trying to solve the puzzle of my, what ha- what's happening with this guy, then make the movie about that. Mm-hmm. But don't, like, introduce these guys to make them just pop up every other scene. Well, the detectives make sense. Do they? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't law enforcement be looking for no, a I'm not saying, cold-blooded murderer? I'm not saying that law enforcement shouldn't be looking for Morbius. I get that part. But, like, why are we getting Tyrese Gibson and why are we making these two dudes seem like they're supposed to be important to the story when they're truly not? Yeah, that's true. Like, what the heck did they actually contribute? What detective work did they do? Nothing. They, 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 all, all they did is found out that there's two vampires. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, for example, after, after the whole thing happens in the, in the cargo ship, mm-hmm. when he becomes, uh, when he turns the first for the first time, after that happens, we saw the whole thing play out, right? Like, we know what happened in that shit. Mm-hmm. He did the experiment, injected it on himself, turned into the vampire, ended up killing the eight mercenaries. He left this woman alive, and then he uh, looked at the video footage and got rid of it, and then he jumped ship. And then the first thing that these geniuses, these cops do when they get onto the ship is say, repeat exactly what we just saw. Exactly. Like, what the heck is the point of that? I saw it, dude. I don't need these guys to come in and repeat it. Like, I understand if we were walking blind into this ship, and now they're saying, they're telling the story of what happened. We're like, oh, snap, for real? 
<laughs> but like, no, we just saw this thing. We don't, we don't need at all to no, give us to give us a replay. They're doing that thing that that movie makers do when they think that the audience is stupid. Right, right. And then like we see something, and they're like, and then they go back to another character, and the other character is like. Wow, it appears that eight mercenaries have died because of a vampire attack and he sucked all their blood out. Right. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we get it, bro. We we just saw it. So, so yeah, that to me was, I feel like there was a lot of screen time given to these two dudes. Mm-hmm. When all you could have done was, like, through newscasts and newspapers, tell us that the police are looking for him. That's it. Because we don't, we don't, we didn't need to know these men at all. We really didn't. Unless the focus would have been on like detectives versus Morbius, that would have been different. But it wasn't, and so then and then the whole thing with with the doctor lady with Bancroft, I feel like that those two things took away screen time from what could have been a much more dramatic thing between Morbius and Milo. Mm-hmm. In in like because this is truly like like is, is what Milo was saying is like what so you get to do this thing and like become like a god and I'm already, I'm I'm destined to die just because yeah. you don't want to share you're afraid that, of what That's that that's why I like Milo more than Morbius. You do? Yeah. I I wish I didn't die. He was great, man. Um Matt whatever his last name is that actor. Mm-hmm. He did a a great job with with that character. Like he made it he he could have been it could have been just a you know brooding kind of whatever villain. But he actually made it into like a funny, quirky. I like how you know? I like how he I like how he's like fancy. Yeah. Like kind of like kind of like how Dracula is like actually supposed to be. Yeah, there's that that whole sophisticated vampire thing you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot more to chat about. But um, what do you say we uh, get down and finish this conversation in the studio? Yes, sirree. Let's go. All right. So let's uh, let's continue this conversation. Let's talk a little bit about um, what we feel the movie did wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not a perfect movie. Yeah, um, it is not. And that's I feel like that's said a lot. It's not a perfect movie. Obviously, nothing's perfect. No one's perfect. Whatever. But it had holes. It had plot holes. Right. What thing is there? Anything that stood out to you, or do you want me to go first? Um, one specific, one very specific thing. Yeah. Since we're already talking spoilers, mm-hmm. like, um, the scene where, um, where Milo walks into Morbius's lab. Yeah. And then he, like, he sees Morbius in the, the, the little room. Yeah. And then. The, the glass. Cell. Yeah. And then Morbius literally cuts himself open. Right. Writes blood on the wall mm-hmm. with his own blood just so that he can get more blood. Right. <laughs> that was stupid. That is kind of weird. Uh, That's a little weird. Uh, I don't know because he wasn't he wasn't bleeding as a result of the you know being in pain. Yeah. and all that. So, so yeah, like he why would he specific? Himself. Yeah, he cut himself open, wrote blood on the wall with his own blood just so that he could get more blood. Like right. why? Uh, I'm guessing that it's because the that glass is soundproof or something. Like yeah. he wouldn't have heard him saying, you know, blood. Mm-hmm. You know, what if he he thought he was saying bud, and he was like, "Hey, buddy, yeah, you okay?" Now? <laughs> blood, yeah, bud, hey. <laughs> and then the movie ends. He dies. Roll credits. Oh wow. Um, talking about that whole scene, uh, in the scenes that that, that follow it, really, really soon after, Milo taking the serum. I feel like that's a really 
huge thing that they never showed. Yeah, they never. I just realized they never actually showed him. Yeah, taking it. they never showed. They never explained how he got it. They never explained how he injected it on him into himself, and they never like. They just never show that, right? Like we go from him being kicked out of the lab by Morbius mm-hmm. to <laughs> then him showing up to give Morbius a, a a bag of blood of red blood mm-hmm. and walking out and sipping on some blood in that little uh, what do you call it the flask. Oh, oh, that there. was blood. Yeah, of course. Get the truth. See, because like he was like he walked in with the cane. He walked in all decrepit and stuff, like you know, with his disease. Mm-hmm. But then when he drank the blood, he started little by little straightening out, and then suddenly he was walking perfectly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the we go from being kicked out to that, and there's never any indication of how he got the, his hands on the vial. Now we do know that he has some way of accessing Michael's lab. Mm-hmm. Um, because he goes back into the lab. Remember, he said, "Yeah, I just, I just let myself in when he went to talk to the uh, doctor." Van. Yeah, he literally just like kind of broke into Horizon Lab two times. I wonder though, is it that he broke in, or is it that because he's their biggest funder, mm. money wise, he has access? Maybe it could be that he has access. You know, mm-hmm. like even if he talks to the security guard, oh, please let me into the lab. I don't know if the security guard will just say no. You know what I mean? Yeah, seems like they know who he is there. Um, but anyway, the, the, he could have gone back. I'm guessing, like, and this is the problem that we're left to, like, imagine how this whole thing went down, you know? Yeah. So my guess is that he snuck back into the lab after Morbius was gone, uh, or after he got arrested. And, 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 like, that part, him sneaking into the lab and all that, I'm okay with not having seen that. Mm-hmm. Well, sort of. But what I'm definitely not okay with is, like, how did he inject himself? Because you saw that more Michael had to be injected into his spine. Yeah. So you you can't inject your own spine like that. Like you can't just like reach all the way back there and right, especially when you're as like diseased and 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 frail as mm-hmm. Milo would have been right before he took the serum. Yeah. So to me, that's a pretty big hole. Like, how did he get his hands on the thing, and how did he manage to inject himself? You have to basically fill in all those blanks yourself. And yes, we're able to, but I don't think we should have to fill in so much on our own. Yeah. So that's a hole for me. Um, you got another hole yet, or can I talk about my next one? I do have another plot hole. Okay, go. What, what is it? Um, the whole, like, I get that, like, he mixed human and bat DNA. Yeah. Um, why would the, a mixture of human and bat DNA allow him to literally turn into smoke and zoom around. That makes no <laughs> sense. That smoke thing is very strange, man. And there is like nothing even remotely close to an explanation on why why that happens. Mm-hmm. Um the movements don't bother me. Like the fact that how he moves, because he's not really zooming around. He's just it's he's He's moving at a very fast speed. So if he pounces on some from one point to point A to point B, that speed is what makes it look like if he's zooming, right? But like you can clearly tell even when he's not moving fast, mm-hmm. like the smoky stuff coming off of his body. Oh no, in, I know, I know. Scenes. No, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the smoke right now. I'm talking about the movement itself. Mm. Zooming around, I don't have a problem with. I don't even have a problem with the smoke, but it is kind of weird to me that there's, like, zero explanation and no real logical reason why it's happening. Yeah, like, neither bats nor humans have that ability. Right. 
Like, for example, think of Nightcrawler, right, from the X-Men mm-hmm. movies. Nightcrawler um, and uh, and the other dude who looks kind of like a devil um, from the X-Men uh, Days of Future Past or First Class. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, those two guys have the similar powers, the Banff thing, right? Mm-hmm. That makes a little bit more sense why there's smoke when they vanish. Because they vanish, right? So it's like, yeah, their matter is kind of like disappearing, you know? And so there's some <laughs> like residue or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I get it in their sense, but these guys, no. These guys is just like a trail of smoke constantly following them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it makes you wonder, like, what am I looking at? Is it like, is it that they're moving so fast that, like, particles of them is being left behind? I think it, it kind of reminds me of Reaper from Overwatch. Because uh-huh. he has an ability, like, where he can, like, turn into smoke. Okay. And then, like, then and then, like, people can't really, like, hurt you. Right. So, you like, and then he just, like, floats around and stuff. That That's what it reminds me of. See, but that would make a little bit more sense. If you're turning into smoke, okay, that's a very clear, yeah. clearly defined power, right? Yeah, but these so guys aren't turning it, they're into not, smoke. No, they're not really turning into smoke. So, yeah, again, that is a plot hole. Or it, it's, it's not a plot hole, but it's a... Like... Uh, <laughs> It's just something that's kind of like annoyingly left unexplained, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's another thing. Since you mentioned that one, I'll, I'll, I'll hop in with this other hole in my head. That's weird. Sounds like I got shot in the head. Um, <laughs> the when he flies or quasi flies, mm-hmm. what exactly is happening there? Like the first time that we see him almost do that is when he right before he gets arrested. That he's running up the building and he's on the roof and the ceiling on the, mm-hmm. the, the roof of the building. And he's like running and you see that he gets caught in what seems to be like a gust of wind. And yeah. the wind wants to like lift him somehow and he stops himself. Yeah. So based on that, it seems like what he would be doing is riding the wind. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, maybe it's like a combination. Maybe the smoke thing has to do with lightweightness. Like, they become almost, like, air-like. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the atoms in their body are, like, changing composition somehow. Yeah, sure. And that, you know, that's how they ride the wind. Okay. So, that could that could make sense, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> sort of. <clears throat> but then, in the subway, when he first really takes flight, it seems like it's not wind because a subway, I don't think a train would be like, does a train push air forward? No. It wouldn't make sense, right? The air kind of flows backwards as the train moves. Mm-hmm. And on the contrary, it's in the back where you have kind of like a lot of air movement, I think. Yeah. So he started riding whatever was in front of the train. So then at that point, my Why would there be wind in a subway in front of a train? Exactly. So that's where I start thinking. I'm like, it can't be wind. So what is it? Is it sound, right? Because of the whole echolocation thing, bats. He has the whole Mm. weird ear ruffles thing. What what is that? Well, that's just kind of like showing that he... That is... I guess the mutation in his body that gives him like the echolocation. Hairs? No, they're like if, when you look at it real close up, they're more like almost like if there's like ridges that form inside the ear, and they're they're constantly like moving, like tingling, like if they're receiving you know higher signals of sound or something. My spider sense is tingling. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, yeah. There's like a, an extra sensory. Like thing he he literally it. used it like when Milo was about to punch him in the right. subway. He like he used it. He was like, "Yeah, dodge." <laughs> and what? So, 
Is it sound that he's writing or is it the wind that he's writing? Could it be he's writing the sound of the wind? Starting to sound like Pocahontas. Um, again, I'm okay with either of those possibilities. What I'm not okay with is like having zero explanation at all. Like, <laughs> tell me what's going on. Like, this is what I liked about the beginning after he after he first turned is that he started approaching it in a very scientific way, right? Yeah. Like, he immediately started timing himself, right? It's something that a scientist would do, right? He would start keeping uh, a, a log and, like, you know, figuring out time spans between transformations and the hunger pangs and um, figuring out his echolocation. Like, we saw him approaching you know, all that in a very uh, trial and error scientific kind of way. I wish they would have continued that and I like the flight thing. I wish he would have had like an inner monologue or something or another recording talking about his theories of what it is. And, you know, it seems like my atoms are blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. Like something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, am, I, am I thinking too deep? I don't know. What, what, was, what do you think? Who knows? What do you mean? Who knows? You knows. Uh... Anyway, but yeah, that, to me, that's another like hole that I fit that I wish they would have um, given us some more info about. Um, what else? You got another one? I don't think I do. I got another one. Oh well, well I actually do. Okay, go ahead. I this might this might be one, but like when yeah, I think this might be the one that you were talking about. Okay. Um, when Morbius, when um, like what's her name? Um, Bancroft, Doctor Bancroft. Yeah. yeah, when she was reading about vampires, like how to kill vampires, mm-hmm. um, the whole like stake through the heart, stake through the heart. Um, <laughs> it's shot through the heart, but I guess I you. yeah. So the stake through the heart thing, it kills vampires. Morbius is like, we're not that kind of vampires. Yeah. And then he, then like five seconds later, mm-hmm. he kills Milo with the stake through the heart. No, he doesn't. And you, it's not a stake, but it. A, it's not, a stab through the heart. It's not the stab through the heart that killed him, though. But, like, he still put something into, like, his that's chest. Not the, that's just symbolic, but that's not the thing that actually killed him. Yeah, it's symbolic, and that means that, um, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, you have failed to play, poke a hole at the movie in that in that regard. I'll tell you what, what, what there is a hole, though. What? Dude delivers his entire speech... When he's making the, the, the poison or whatever it is to kill Milo. Mm-hmm. He's delivering this entire speech because he's making two of those things. And Dr. Bancroft asks him, like, why are you making two? And he's like, because, you know, like, I brought this thing into the world. I got to take it out. And she's like, so you're going to kill yourself. Basically, like, the idea was he was going to kill Milo. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to kill himself. Yeah. With the second one. So what's the haps, bro? <laughs> like, he defeated Milo. He literally just didn't. What, what <laughs> happened? Like, you know, like nothing changed about his appetite for blood. Yeah. Nothing changed about the fact that blue blood was only going to be sustaining him for so long. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed about the fact that he's going to have to consume human blood in some way to be able to stay alive. So that was absolutely not explained whatsoever. I have. And that's weird to me. I that's a, a big hole right there. I have a thing, but it's not really, it's not a plot hole at all. Right. Um, since Michael took mm-hmm. the serum when he was still alive, yeah, he's a living vampire. Right. But Dr. Bancroft, mm-hmm. but Dr. Bancroft, she died and then got the, but got, got turned into a vampire. That, that to me is another 
hole because I haven't seen how is that a plot hole? hole? Because so that means that she's a real pure vampire. Okay, now. fine. So yeah, no, I'm not arguing that. Yeah, let's say she's a real vampire, but why did she turn into a real vamp into a vampire after getting her blood sucked by Morbius, but none of his other victims did? Or are you telling me that there are eight mercenaries turned vampires that are sitting in the morgue right now about to escape? Yes, that the, the latter. You think so? Yes. No, that that'll actually be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. If like the second movie begins with those eight guys waking up in the morgue and like breaking out of there, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be kind of nice. Then it would hey, be a Marvel, problem. But for now, up. but for, but for now, that's not the case. For now, those those eight guys are dead, mm-hmm. right? And what is the difference that she bit his lip and got a little a drop of blood in, in her mouth? Is that what makes a difference then? Maybe. I guess it could be actually. But again, another thing that just wasn't explained and that is kind of like this weird mystery, right? Like, what are what are the mechanics of turning somebody into a vampire? Milo had to consume or inject himself with that serum, mm-hmm. just like Michael did. They both became vampires that way. But this, uh, Dr. Bancroft ended up biting his lip, getting some of his blood in, and then getting bit by him. So, which is which is the thing that turned her? Who knows? I Maybe think, you'll find out in the next installment of Morbius. I think um, so. Like, if you inject yourself with it, you become yeah. the the vampire man. But um, but what like what happens if you if you drink it? Hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's, that's uh. Maybe it is. Maybe that is what it is. Actually, like if you maybe both turns you into one. Right. Maybe it's a combination of the two, right? Mm-hmm. Like the serum is in his blood to the point that if he does that and bites them, they can sound like a cheat code. <laughs> I don't know. Enough of this. Um, any other plot holes or negative points that we want to talk about? Oh, after credit scene. That's a big one. All right. Hold up. That's, hold up. Hold that's up. a really big one. Okay. So um, I'm just going to put it out there. My, well, okay, so it obviously, Morbius obviously takes place in the same universe as Venom. Right. Like, the director, like, not maybe the director, someone who worked on this movie confirmed it. I forgot who it was. Yeah. I think it was the director. Um, So, in the first after credit scene in the movie, we see the rift, we see the rifts from No Way Home. Correct, right. And then we see Adrian Toomes appear. Yeah. So... What I'm wondering is, obviously, Adrian Toomes, um, Michael Key and Adrian Toomes is from the MCU right. verse. Mm-hmm. So, why would he be teleported mm-hmm. to this Venom universe? Right. Like, did we all did we all see the same No Way Home movie? Like, what? yeah, that didn't make sense whatsoever, man. Like, there is no indication that. Okay, hold on. There's no indication that the spell. Wait, wait. There's there's two. There were two things at play in in No Way Home mm-hmm. in that with, with Doctor Strange's magic. Number one was the first spell that he was trying to conjure mm-hmm. or he was trying to use that went out of out of whack because he had he added like five layers to it. Right? Yeah, and then the ending layer was Hold the on. one, and that- then he contained it, 
And that spell, that spell had to be contained because that is what was going to start causing the rift, you know, mm-hmm. which we saw in the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the purple rifts, you know, the opening of reality and all that stuff. And through those rifts, there were going to be people coming into our universe. Yeah. Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing is the spell that he kind of recast just to make everybody forget who Peter Parker was. Mm-hmm. Which then sent all these people back because they no longer had a need to enter. Yeah. Because of the first spell. So, I wonder if... The opening up of the rifts by itself, if that actually did open up a possibility for people to travel through. No, not But that if I... that's the case, though, what? how would somebody be able to travel through? Is it at random or is now it... Now that I think about it, maybe, um, maybe Adrian Toomes. Mm-hmm. This is, like, crazy, and it's definitely not what happened. Right. But what if Adrian Toomes, like, got... Broke out of prison, mm-hmm. got his vulture outfit, and flew through the rift. <laughs> hey, at least that would ex- give some kind of explanation. <laughs> For real. As to why he's in the Venom universe? Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise it, it just it makes, it makes zero sense. Um, no, yeah. Bottom line is the logic established in, multi- in um, No Way Home doesn't explain at all how it is that this guy ended crossing over to, to this universe. It just seems like a very convenient thing that they did. Oh, we got rifts opening to other universes? Let's take this guy from this universe and, and, and throw him over here so that they could build their Sinister Six. Sony's been after a Sinister Six movie for a really, really long time. Yeah. And all the way back since Andrew Garfield's um, mm-hmm. movies, they've been wanting... That we was saw... the whole plan. They wanted to conclude that trilogy with Sinister Six as the mm-hmm. villains. I think... Um... In in the second after credit scene, mm-hmm. we see Adrian Toomes with a definitely different vulture suit. Yeah, it was he has a, he has different wings. They're right. more bird like, mm-hmm. and then he also has a different helmet, and it's like yeah. a bit more bird shaped. Yeah, and then he goes up to Michael, and he's like, "Hey, blah 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 blah. I think we should make a team." Blah 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 blah. And then Michael's like intriguing, and then he just like takes off. Yeah. Talk about more things that don't make sense. Um, I don't want Michael to join the Sinister Six. Well, here's the thing, man. So there's so many things to consider here. Um, first of all, Vulture didn't invite him to join an evil squad. That's not what he said. Like he said, you know, I've been reading up on you. Um, and I was thinking that, you know. A group of us should get together, maybe do some good, he said. Well, I mean, his definition of good is different than, like, Hero's definition of good. Well, we don't know that. We don't know Did that. Did you watch Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, I watched Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, like, in, in, that, in this world, there is... Um, like what what how do you interpret do do some good what do you understand from like we're gonna get spider-man real good is that it no but like i interpret that his way of saying do some good Mm -hmm. is like he thinks that spider-man 
is like he's messing with all of these things. With like, what, reality with all, and stuff? Yeah, he's messing with reality. He's messing with his own operations. Oh, so do some good is like rid the world of Spider-Man? Yeah. That, that's what that's I interpret. Really, that's like. really thin, but I guess. I mean, in the end, like... The whole his whole thing of like you know even having beef against Spider Man is weird mm-hmm. because well I guess he does remember what happened in Homecoming he just doesn't remember the whole Peter Parker secret identity part yeah I don't know man um, it's weird that Michael Morbius was just like intriguing because like he didn't say anything that gave across any sort of detail and Michael Morbius is like a man of science and medicine. I don't think he seems like a logical, you know, a guy who would use his logical brain most of the time. Yeah, he was just so, like, I, I'm a head out. <laughs> it's so weird, man. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, the biggest mystery here is is who is who is Spider Man in this world, right? We don't know that yet. My theory, mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound totally crazy, is that it is Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Well, it's not totally crazy now that everybody's on the Andrew Garfield bandwagon. Yeah, because basically... I, Bunch of wackazoids. I, I, so, in the trailers... Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this, these scenes weren't in the movie. Right. But in the trailers, we saw um, the, uh, the Andrew Garfield series Oscorp Tower. Right. We saw that same design. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. No, and there's that list that um, the Harry Osborne unlocked oh, yeah. in, in the second movie. And, um, and it says... In, uh, in his dad's office. It or maybe Do- it was his office by that point. Yeah. It says Dr. Morbius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, next to... Beneath Kirk Connors. Yeah. So It also has Craven on there. We know that mm-hmm. the Craven movie is coming. Um, so Morbius definitely exists in this universe. Yeah. So... Yeah, man. We um, also saw a Venom on that list. There was a thing called uh, there was a thing titled Project Venom. Hmm, okay. So that's this is my theory. My theory is that Andrew's Spider Man will get the symbiote, and then he will um, and then he'll like use it become like really sinister, like mm-hmm. in the comics. Like it brings out like the worst sides of him. Right. And then. That's how Venom gets the spider symbol. Um, hmm. Anyways, that that's my theory. My theory is uh is a little different. So I'm trying to take into consideration the movies that are coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Um we've got Madam Web. Yeah. Which is very odd of a movie, but considering that we are now, you know, in the thick of the multiverse. And you got people hopping from dimensions to dimensions. Madam Web is starting to make more and more sense because Madam Web is an interdimensional being. Um, she is someone who helps Peter Parker a lot when it comes to understanding, you know, other realities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like whatever happens in Madam Web and whatever happens with the. I think it's inevitable at this point that Sony's going to end up bringing back Andrew Garfield yeah. as Spider-Man. Like, they're, they'd be leaving a ton of money on the table if they don't do that. And I think there's a really good opportunity. Andrew Garfield is my is, favorite Spider-Man. Is already, what is he, like in his 30s? 
Yeah, I think so. Or 40s at this point. I don't, even I don't think 40s. 30s? Yeah, 30s. So he's not going to play, you know, if he comes back, he's not going to play Peter Parker for a very, very long time. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. He would make an amazing mentor for Miles Morales. Yes. So if you introduce Miles Morales, I mean, we did see we did see that whole thing with like um, Electro. He was like, "Hey, there's gotta be a Black Spider-Man." So right. maybe um, when when Miles meets Andrew, mm-hmm. Andrew Spider-Man, and then yeah. like he becomes Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Andrew's like Peter is like, hmm. Max was right. There is a Black Spider-Man. I'll do you one better. <clears throat> I'll do you one better, Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. the amazing Spider-Man 3, has whatever Sinister Six team-up forms. Yeah. Um, versus Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But throughout the movie, he ends up discovering Miles Morales, and he has to team up with him to help him defeat these foes, because he's never faced off against six dudes at once. Mm-hmm. So he needs the help. <clears throat> Maybe. But Miles Morales is so green, so new to this thing that he needs help. He doesn't understand how to control his powers. Mm-hmm. And one of his powers, of course, is the Venom electrical strike. Yeah. And Peter Parker needs oh! to help him get control oh! over that. Who oh! knows electrical oh! powers? You go to a oh! now, a Max now cured Max oh! Dillon. And he's going to help mentor uh, Miles Morales and teach him how to use them electrical powers. Bro, high five me. That's a brilliant idea. Come on. Tell me that's not a brilliant idea. That's dope. It's freaking awesome, man. And I think overall, I think Spider-Verse is where this thing is headed. Mm -hmm. Like with the direction of Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Um, I think that that ultimately, like, it's going to be bringing him back to serve as this mentor to Miles Morales, pass on the baton, but ultimately it's going to be Miles Morales who's going to be, like, the Spider-Man for this Sony world. Mm-hmm. Um, which also begs the question, like, what is Tom Holland's role in all this? I think Tom Holland is... I don't think... That Tom Holland will be a mentor to Miles Morales? No, I don't think so either. I think that they'll just be, like, at the same level. Maybe. I think that once they... Because we know that Miles exists. Right. We even know him, like, by name. So, like, I think Miles can become a new Mm Spider-Man. Not necessarily the new Spider-Man, but a new Spider-Man. Yeah. And then him and... Tom Holland Spider-Man fight alongside each other, not as not Miles Morales as a sidekick to Tom Holland Spider-Man, right. but like equal. Yeah, exactly. Like here's here's the cool thing: if this truly is where they're headed, and 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 they're bringing that Andrew Garfield back, then what they can do, bro, they can hang out in that universe. <clears throat> And Sony can make movie after movie, keep on making Venom movies, bring in Sinister Six. They got Craven. They got Madam Web. They can make the Black Cat movie that they've been wanting to make. They can make a Silver Sable movie if they want to. Uh, they could have so many different adventures, you know? Yeah. And all of it is like handing off the process of handing off the baton from Andrew Garfield Spider-Man to Miles Morales Spider-Man. And then Miles Morales can stand on his own forever. And then he can have... The the into the Spider Verse action with introduce Spider Gwen 
Come mm-hmm. on, that's another star franchise yeah. right there. I think that Miles Morales, after the Amazing Spider-Man three wraps everything up, uh-huh. I think Miles Morales should be the Spider-Man that continues the Amazing Spider-Man series. Yes, 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 yes. I I agree. Or or uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, which is what he what what he was in the comics. Like his run was Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, really? He's called yeah. Spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So that could be his franchise, you know, like moving mm-hmm. forward, and then. What you do is that you keep Tom Holland as the MCU's universe Spider-Man. Yeah. And then in a uh, Secret Wars story arc, you cross everything over. Because that's the whole thing about Secret Wars. It's like, imagine how much Is Secret Wars like multiversal? Yeah, pretty much. Oh God! Imagine, imagine, imagine the buildup that would have to have Miles Morales and Tom Holland Spider Man finally meet. You imagine that moment? Oh, my God! Come on, man, that'd be fantastic. Wait, Miles Morales Spider Man in the MCU verse? Yeah, but because of a big, big event mm. like like Secret Wars. Wait, so I think for for the Andrew Garfield universe, mm-hmm. I think that um. I think that they should make, like, for, yeah, I think that, like you said, they do the spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. And then I really want to see a Ben Riley Spider-Man movies, like Ben Riley Spider-Man movies. The uh, Scarlet Spider? Yeah. Right. And maybe they could call those movies, like, Scarlet or something. Yeah. I mean, that'd be awesome, man, because, like, look, as... As soon as they get to into to Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. as soon as they get to that point, you can introduce so many different characters and then from there on it's just spin-off city. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um so many different characters can can have their own their own series and then Sony can just bank, you know, make money, make money, make your money, bro, and we'll pay you. Like mm-hmm. as long as the movies are good, we will pay you. And um and yeah, and then just cross over, you know periodically with the mcu but but yeah very curious to see where that universe goes um what we know is that we got venom and we got vulture and we got morbius at least in the same world yeah you gotta imagine that craven the hunter is going to be in that same world um oh is it sony that's making the craven the hunter uh yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah so, yeah, you're definitely building up towards that Sinister Six. Although it would really suck to see Venom as part of the Sinister Six. Yeah, he uh, he's not... Like, at this point, he's barely even an anti-hero. Yeah, At right. this point, he's basically just a straight-up superhero. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I would rather them... Uh, well, the thing is... Okay, so, so if this theory is correct, right, about um, Andrew Garfield's world being the, the world where this takes place in, mm-hmm. then that means that they have Morbius, they have Vulture... They have um, Venom. They no. Let's discount Venom. Oh, okay. They have Morbius. They have Vulture. They have the Lizard. They have Green Goblin. Technically, the that mm-hmm. version of Green Goblin. They have Rhino. They have and Doc based Ock. on based on the after credit scene, right? They, have they Doc got Ock. Doc Ock, and that's it. Yeah. So there's six people right there. Now that I think about it, do, without without counting Venom. Yeah. Does does the movie ever like? Who is that guy? That never it never reveals it. Really? Yeah. I think I have an idea of who it is. Okay. In um 
in the sequel series yeah. to the to like the original animated Spider-Man show. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, the Green Goblin in that series mm-hmm. is a man named Hector Jones. Okay. And Hector Jones. You never really see his face. And when he's not in the goblin suit, mm-hmm. he wears a dark trench coat. Mm. He wears a top hat, a fedora. Okay. And a shadow covering his face. You, you barely ever see his face. Huh, interesting. So perhaps Hector Jones is the mystery man. Mm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I always figured um, that it would be uh, that it would be Otto Octavius. Really? Yeah. I always figured that it was him, like, I don't know, carrying out some secret directive from um, from Norman Osborn. Because Norman Osborn died in, mm-hmm. that, in that world. So carrying out some secret directive from him to assemble, you know, this team for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. But he seemed like the demeanor of the guy kind of seemed like he could end up being in Octavius. Uh, all right. Yeah. But back to Morbius. Um, imperfect movie, but like uh, aside from all those holes that we poked at it just now, the movie to me was, I don't know, as enjoyable as a lot of like the 90s or the early 2000s superhero movies, like where you just went and it was kind of like as a standalone thing. It was a decent story. Mm-hmm. I think Jared Leto did fine. Um, I, feel, I feel like um, Jared Leto mm-hmm. and... Um, What's this guy's name? Uh, what's Matt Smith? Yeah. The um, actor of the villain, mm-hmm. um, Milo. I think those two actors carried this movie. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And that's why I was saying earlier uh, when we were in the car that I really think that if they would have given more attention to that, mm-hmm. that dynamic, we would have gotten an even better movie. Yeah. Instead of giving it to Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> to freaking Tyrese. I swear to God. Um he needs to stick to Fast and Furious movies. Oh, wow. I'm just saying. All right. So I think uh, that's a good point to wrap this up. Uh, star rating. What star rating would you give Morbius? 2.5. You're always so generous. I'll give it a I'll give it a 2. 2 out of 5. All right. Yeah. Where do you think it ranks? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, like in the in the Marvel movies? Like for you, I mean. Well, I would have to know how many Marvel movies there are. That's true. I guess within the movies of uh, the MCU and the Sony shared universe. For me, probably about like... Like... It ranks pretty low, to be honest. For me, it would probably rank about 25. 25. In a world of like, what, maybe... 35 movies? Yeah. More or less? Yeah. I don't know. That's tough to say, I guess. The but, the, uh, the movies below it mm-hmm. would honestly be um, Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I know that, like, I've never told you this, mm-hmm. but I really hate Avengers Age of Ultron. Really? Yeah. So that would Avengers- And this is this is having watched it like recently yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. Um that would be below Morbius. Why do you hate it so much? It's just like kind of cringy. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um Interesting. and then one more that's below it. Mm-hmm. 
I would probably add, um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, For yes, I do know. X-Men. Oh, okay, now you're going wider, broader. Yeah. Okay. Below that, I would add X-Men. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse. I used to love that movie, mm-hmm. but I've rewatched it recently. Yeah. And it's bad. It is. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's not as bad as Dark Phoenix, though. Yeah. And, uh, and not as bad as, as X-Men 3, the one, the other one, the other Dark Phoenix. <laughs> That's a Dark Phoenix movie? Uh, yeah. That, that one, that one that, that followed the same story, too, of, of oh. Phoenix. I don't think they called it the Dark Phoenix, but it was the Phoenix Force. Um, yeah, if you go that broad, there's a ton of movies then that, that fall beneath that, like Elektra, the, Daredevil. <laughs> no, the original, the original Fantastic Four. I'm talking the 1974. Stop it. Wait, what? 1974. I, that's probably not the correct year, but there was an old, old Fantastic it's, that Four. That wasn't even released. You can't even treat that as a real movie. I don't care. It was not released. Cool. The second, the 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 the, the last third of uh, Fan Four Stick. <laughs> <laughs> I still argue that that movie, the first two thirds of that movie were, we're like good. really good, like really enjoyable. Fan Four and, and the last third just killed it. Poor Fan Four Stick. In case you don't know, what we're talking about we're talking about the 2015 Fantastic Four, which yeah. I refuse to call Fantastic Four because it is Fan Four Stick. It is Fan Four Stick for sure. That's why design matters, people. Design. Yeah. Matters like don't 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 put fant and then the four and then stick because it's fant four stick. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our take on Morbius through this latest ride along episode. Uh, look, it's uh, not a perfect movie, but um, if you walk in just trying to like enjoy a movie for the movie's sake without letting all the multiversal stuff and all that get in the way, I think you have an easier time yeah. of enjoying it, you know, and having a good time as much as can be had with it. Uh, but, yeah, we hope that it uh, didn't suck the blood out of you. Wow. Remember, if you want to get in touch or learn more about us, you can hit us up at geekology101.com. There on our website, you'll learn a little bit more about your host. You can go ahead and contact us, subscribe on all of the platforms that we're on, and uh, you can head down to the bottom, send us a message through the web form, or if you prefer more traditional means, you can hit us up at g101podcast at gmail.com. We will catch you guys in the next episode. We are the few against the many. We are the original Spartans. Game over.